0: You're you're, you're listening to the World Wide Sports Radio Network.
1: Didn't you coach Burt Reynolds? Yes, I did. Was he any good? He was a defensive back. (laughs) I know, was he any good, I
0: said. 103.9 FM, L.I. News Radio presents the Weekend Crunch with Errol Marks and Josh Silverberg. Hello,
1: Long Island, New York, and around the country. This is The Weekend Crouch. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Joshua Silverberg. And on the board, as always, Mr. Swollen Man Petey. Remember, you can listen to us every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. We had a great show all week. At the Loud if anybody hasn't heard the Sports Loud you could check us out at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can go to our website, worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app, iOS, WWSR, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check it out. We have a great show, and, and me, Speedy, and Josh give you our insight. It's a two hour show on Wednesday, it's a three hour show on Thursday. We have a great show lined up and, and, and really good content. A lot of good fans call the show. Show back and forth sports banter, which everybody loves. So If you haven't checked it out, it's a great show. And we're on iRadio USA right now. It's a new network. He's a famous magician who started this network with Eric Koppelman and his brothers. And that is Chris Angel. And it's iRadio USA. And we're a part of the network now. So I'm very, very excited. So if you guys love sports, you love media, and you want to listen to a show that is not afraid of attacking sports fans and really attacking each other, well, you can listen to the sports loudmouths. Mr. Joshua Silverberg. What's going on, man?
0: I'm doing well, man. Can't complain. Another week in the books, right? It feels like a a blur with all the shows we've done together and everything like that, and Mm. the ride's just getting started with doing all this. Well, we've done the weekend crunch, but now we've expanded our horizons, as they say, adding myself to that show, which you and Speedy have done for a long time, and a very good job doing it for a long time, and I appreciate you adding me on, it's a pleasure. Obviously, to the fan standards, I'm still working up to them, you know, still trying to get settled in with them a little bit. I imagine Jeff. it was three comments in a row when I got grabbed on. Even when I agree with them, I don't win, so I'm at that point where I'm Isn't just Isn't like, that yeah,
1: media? Isn't that sports?
0: That's sports, and that's media, and when you're in this business, you gotta have a thick skin, and if you don't, you don't belong in it, and you know what? I just laugh now, and I just think it back. I think about it, like what some of the fans said, I just I think it's funny. I like being that because it gets a reaction.
1: And Speedy, sometimes I wonder, you you obviously don't know certain words that I bring up. You think that they're made up words, but besides that, how are you? And uh, are you looking forward to our new show, on iRadio USA and the Worldwide
2: Sports Radio. Network. Absolutely. I, I thank you to everyone at iRadio USA. When Errol called me Monday night, I think it was, to tell me about that, I, he was very excited. He told me about Chris Angel and his network and his background and all that, and I, it was very exciting. So thank you to everybody at iRadio USA, and thanks for yeah. bringing us on your network, and we fully embrace every single bit of it.
1: Well, we definitely are going to get into a lot of New York sports today. This is a New York station, and we're going to get into the Jets. We'll talk a Little bit about the Giants and what they should do at number 11. I I know a lot of Giant fans are kind of questioning Gettleman. Is Gettleman the right guy to make the moves? And some of them have been really good moves, and some of them have been, ah, something that you would probably question. But the story right now here in New York is Sam Darnold. Is Sam Darnold going to get traded? Do the Jets want to lean on Sam Darnold moving forward? And the answer is no. Sam Darnold is now a Carolina Panther, and over the last Really, two or three weeks... It was kind of starting to come out that the Jets, after the pro day of Zach Wilson, it was going to be Zach Wilson. Joe Douglas does not trust that Sam Donald is the future of this organization. Some analysts have come out and said that they stand behind Sam Donald. Some have said Sam Donald is a washed-up, young quarterback that's been beaten up with two coaches, three offensive coordinators in almost three years. And, and now you look at the objective here is finding the quarterback that's going to fill in the spot, that's going to take the Jets to the promises. That is the question that only the New York Jets and Woody Johnson and Christopher Johnson can answer. But in the big picture right now and where they are going as a whole, Sam Darnold had to go. And Sam Darnold said some very interesting things at his press conference. And guys, I want you to hear in his voice how upset he was when he found out and Joe Douglas reached out to him and said that he was going to get traded.
0: I think for me it's anytime you know, you go somewhere and you set, like I said before, you set lofty goals um, and those goals aren't met. Um, that's always tough for me. Um, you know, when when I heard the news that they wanted to trade me, um, it was tough. You know, anytime you, you're you not wanted somewhere, that's always, you know, a tough pill to swallow. Um, but then it was the opposite feeling. You know, you go from being unwanted and then all of a sudden, you know, the people in Carolina you know, wanted me and obviously traded for me and you go from being unwanted to wanted. And, you know, I think that was, um, just, you know, when the trade went down, um, you know, obviously, like I said, things didn't work out the way that I wanted in New York, but I was just so excited for a You know, a fresh start and new opportunities. You
1: heard what he said. He was really, really upset that he was gonna get traded out from New York. He thought he was gonna be there for twenty years. And that's what you want to hear from a quarterback, a young quarterback that really was excited to come to New York and really show his talents on center stage with New York fans that really have been troubled with the quarterback position year in and year out for almost fifty years since Joe Namath. So Now you hear Sam Donald, he says, then he was excited when he heard he was wanted again because the Carolina Panthers made the trade, gave up a sixth this year, a second and a fourth next year, and the Jets move on. And now they're looking at Zach Wilson as the future quarterback of this organization. And now they could set the time clock for the quarterback position where you can hold on to a quarterback for five years before you have to pay him. So Josh, what did you think after that press conference on what Sam Donald said coming out and saying that he was upset? That he wasn't going to be a New York Jet for the rest of his career?
0: You feel bad for it, don't you? Because you hear it in the sound of his voice. He's disappointed. He feels like he let people down. He let himself down. He felt, like you said, he was going to get settled in for 20 years, won a bunch of Super Bowls. He wanted to embrace and take on the challenge of being the New York Jets quarterback, which let's be realistic. Being the New York Jets quarterback in this league is a very tough job. It's not as tough as say like other jobs like the quarterback of the Cowboys, but it's still a very tough job because the Jets haven't been able to find one since Joe Namath. I mean, we've had some good, at a good quarterbacks here. I mean, we've had some good quarterbacks here, Chad Peddington here. Mark Sanchez won a, got to a couple of AFC Championship games, had some flashes. Ken O'Brien was another one that had some very good years. Unfortunately, he was just in the same draft as Dan Marino. Of course, Brett Favre, that team was, I think, 7-1 and one at one point. They just beat an undefeated Titans team, and he had a shoulder injury. He never told anybody in the organization about it because he wanted to continue his streak of playing games, and he didn't want to ruin it, and it let the team down, and they collapsed because if Favre was healthy, that team probably would have been one of the best teams going into the playoffs, especially with Brady out for the year from the injury with Castle. So to take on that challenge and embrace it is a situation that Sam sounded like and wanted to take it on. I hope the best for Sam. I hope he can succeed. Do I think he will succeed? Time will tell. Is Zach Wilson going to be a great quarterback? We don't know. Is Sam Darnold going to be Unbelievable in Carolina. Nobody knows this. We can't tell the future. I mean, if we could, we would know who to pick a quarterback, then, right? Everybody, it would be so simple. Everybody could do it. It's just a matter of, with the way the Jets did it, and not just the NFL, but in sports, when it's not the player you drafted. Therefore, you don't want that to be the credit taken away from you. You want to be able to pick and take your own player. And therefore, you have that credit stamped to you because you look like the genius in the room rather than taking on somebody else's pick and somebody giving that other person the credit. So I think it's almost like an ego thing. But in the other sense, it's also Joe Douglas saying, look, If Sam Stinks and the draft class the next couple of years isn't good and that's a $25 million option we have to pay him and there's no good quarterbacks coming out of the draft, we're seriously screwed. We have no alternative now. We have no plan B, no plan C. We don't know what to do at this point. Now we're stuck in an island. So the Jets felt like this was going to be the year where they could take the quarterback and really start fresh and start on a rookie contract and be able to help the salary cap situation. The Jets are still in a very good salary cap situation despite all the additions they've had. I mean, Joe Douglas is very good at doing contracts for players. You're hoping Zach Wilson is the guy. I think the thing that's going to lighten it up a little bit is now the reports coming out today is that it's all but a lock now that the 49ers are indeed going to take Justin Fields at the number three overall pick in the draft. Are you surprised?
1: I'm not surprised. No,
0: I'm not surprised and I think you'll be happy because now you don't have to see if Justin Fields... Come on, I'd be happy?
1: You want to see Justin Fields Fields twice a year? Come on. No Jet fan wants to see that because if Justin Field flourishes as the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers or the New England Patriots, you're going to like to see him over there in San Francisco in the West, the NFC or coming to the AFC and dealing with him twice a year. Okay, so I don't want to hear it. You're going to be happy too. You're a Jeff fan. Nobody's going to want to see general, this kid.
0: I don't want the Patriots to succeed. No Jeff fan wants the Patriots to succeed. That would be ridiculous to think that at all. We don't make the picks. Whoever Joe Douglas and Robert Sauer decide to pick, Joe Douglas has been good on hitting his draft picks so far. We have to embrace it and take on well, the, he's not the, good the, at free they, agents,
1: they, that's for sure.
0: Well, I would hope that this year's free agency is better than last year's. Because, Hopefully. Yeah, this good- year. She- well, he got good players this year. There's a difference than what he got last year. Which Pierre Desir was a good
1: got. player. We all thought he was a good player. He was a great fit for the New York Jets and the way they like to run their defense. Greg Williams runs his defense. The guy was out before the season's end. They got rid of him. He signed a three-year deal in one year where they can decide to move away from his option. I do want to go back to the Sam Darnold situation. There was a coach in Carolina that was speaking two days ago about Sam Darnold, and he said something very, very interesting at... The Carolina Panthers press conference introducing Sam Donald, and that was Matt Rule. So this is what Matt Rule said about the quarterback position.
0: Well, I, I just think, you know, with the way, you know, the quarterback drafts are going now, I mean, again, you're going to hear me always talk about Bill Parcells. And he was like, yeah, I had this metric, you know, like guys had to have started like 24, 26 games. I can't remember what that number is. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of guys coming out early. And so that first couple of years in the NFL are like their junior and senior year of college. It's not like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, you look at a guy, you know, Peyton Manning, you know I mean? You know, you know, the guys like that who played a ton of football. I mean, some of the guys that are coming out, um, they've been in the NFL for two, three years and they're 22, 23. Some of the guys coming out right now are 20 and 21. So, um, you know, I just think with Sam, he's a, he's a young guy who came out early and, um, the football that he's played up until now is kind of like his junior and senior year, junior and
1: senior year. If nobody thinks that that was a Matt rule shot at the New York jets, junior and senior year in the NFL, pretty much saying that the jets are like a college football team. What does that tell me? As the Jets organization goes and moves forward with Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas needs to find his way out where organizations and teams and coaches are now respecting the Jets. I don't want to play the Jets. I don't want to play Joe Douglas, Sala or even Mike LaFleur. I don't want to play those guys. These guys are mean, green, killing machines. That's what I want to see the Jets as an organization moving forward. The question is, are the Jets... Good enough, as an organization, where they're moving and where they believe they're going with Joe Douglas under the helm. Analyzing what the Jets are right now, they're still the same old Jets. Until they step on the field, Zach Wilson becomes Zach Wilson, where everybody thinks he's a leader slash top-end quarterback in this league, a top-10, an elite quarterback, or the Jets actually have a pass rush not named John Abraham. That's when we can talk about the Jets being— a team, an organization that's moving in a good direction. That's my take with everything. and I think I said it pretty well on every single aspect of connection to the New York Jets, Joe Douglas, and the Caroline stinking Hurricanes. or I would say Panthers. I say Hurricanes because it's, it's been a hurricane for the New York Jets forever. So Matt Rule made some interesting shots at the New York Jets. I don't think anybody understood what he was saying. And maybe some people say he wasn't trying to do that. I beg to differ. I wouldn't be happy when you're saying, hey, you know what? Sam Darnold was a young guy when he came into the league, and it's like him playing his junior and senior year before he's actually stepping foot on a football field. Because you know why? The Jets are a college football team, and they stink. As nice and as slick as a head coach could say it. And I'm not saying Matt Roll's stupid, because he's not. He's a head coach. He's making 7 or $8 million over there in Carolina. Does he deserve it? He hasn't proven anything winning six or seven games last year. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into some more NFL conversation. Is Micah Parsons the guy for the New York football blue? That's what I call them, the blue, because they might have blue everything if that happens. A Penn State alumni, we remember the last Penn State guy that came to the New York Giants. And where is he right now? He's sitting the bench because he can't run. Well, this year he'll be back. Saquon Barkley, and is it going to be Micah Parsons at number 11 being called by the New York Giants? I'm going to tell you why the Giants should stay the hell away from Micah. Here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Joshua Silverberg. On the board, as always, Mr. Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show... Every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Guys, if you haven't listened to our show or you haven't checked out our app, go to iOS, which is WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We have a great lineup of shows throughout the week, Monday through Sunday, and we have shows from wrestling to hockey, from baseball to basketball, all the sports into one. And if you like to laugh and you like to argue sports, you can listen to our show, The Sports mouths on Wednesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. But tonight, 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, that is who we are, Where the weekend crunch. And I want to get into the NFL draft, and I, I, the New York Giants has been... A story which hasn't been a story. It's all been the New York Jets. It's been Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. Where do the Jets go? What do the Jets do in the draft with their two first round draft picks, and and then trading away Sam Darnold? I look at the New York Giants, and everybody keeps talking about, well, Micah Parsons could be sitting there at number eleven. Why wouldn't the Giants? Go and take a shot at Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons comes from Penn State. Saquon Barkley came from Penn State. You look at where Penn State is when it comes to being that it's on the East Coast. Maybe Micah would fit over there because his family's over there. He's from the Pennsylvania area. Well, there are stories coming out that Micah Parsons has been around a lot of gang-related situations over the last 13 years growing up in Pennsylvania. Now, I don't know the whole true story. A lot of stories coming out from football teams and some of these organizations saying that Micah you should stay away from, and the Giants are hoping that Micah is not sitting there, Josh, at number 11 because if he is, the Giants cannot pass up on a talent like Micah.
0: Of course not, but the situation is like you said, it's a matter of are the Giants going to take the talent over the personal stuff? Isn't that what all the interview processing is for? Other than I believe it was Des Bryant who I think they asked about his mother asking if she was a prostitute. Now, I would say
1: that was a good question.
0: That was a good question?
1: Yeah, I mean, why not ask if his mom's a prostitute? If she is, maybe they can have some fun. I would think that when you look at Des Bryant and you look at trying to compare Micah Parsons to Des Bryant, Des Bryant was not a bad Samaritan he's had his run around over there when he played for Oklahoma State, and then you you look at somebody like Michael Parsons, and the Giants, you have to worry, because Dave Gettleman is trying to stamp his name to this team. Definitely not going to be with Daniel Jones, and a lot of people think that if Daniel Jones doesn't succeed, well, then his boot will be out the door. So I think Michael Parsons is... Really a chance taken for the New York Giants, not because of the talent, because of the position that they're in where he has to hit on this. Now, Jalen Waddle is a guy that New York Giants fans have been talking about. I want a wide receiver, and if Jalen Waddle is sitting there, I'm going to draft him. If I was the New York Giants, I'm taking a short thing. Is Micah Parsons a short thing? I don't know. Some people say that Micah Parsons is better off being a running back, but they got Saquon Barkley, and it seems like these Penn State running backs can't stay on their two feet. Now, the question is now, when you look at the Giants, if it isn't Michael Parsons and if it isn't Jalen Waddell, who do they get at number 11? If I were the New York Giants right now, I would do everything I possibly can to move up and try to get this kid Kyle Pitt. Now, I understand the concussion situation. I heard Jeff last night saying, this guy's had like five or six concussions, two of them this year. Are you going to trust that this kid is actually going to stay healthy and not have CTE problems by the age of 26, 25? I have no idea, but I do know this. As good as Kyle Pitts are when it comes to paper and watching him at his pro day, I'm taking a chance with him because Evan Ingram is not my guy. I'm sorry, Josh. I am not going to ride to the sunset with Evan Ingram, Mr. Pothands himself.
0: No, absolutely not. I mean, I would even take it one step further. It's, if you really want to solidify something, maybe they could solidi- they could trade up and maybe solidify the offensive line. Maybe try trade up and try to get a Slater. I doubt Sewell's going to go past six or seven, so that would be maybe too rich for the Giants to try to trade for. But the problem is, is this. Dave Gettleman has been the same guy every single year. He doesn't like to trade out of the picks. He doesn't like to trade up. He doesn't like to trade down. He likes to stay stagnant, and then who's ever there, that's what he takes. And, Speedy, you're a Giant fan – What is your insight on what you think the New York Giants are going to do in the draft? Because you know this as well as anybody, Dave Gettleman. They're going to flush a toilet. They're
1: going to flush a toilet, and his name's going to be Daniel Jones. And he's going to go – he's (laughs) going to roll right down the great Gettleman's legs all the way into the ball and saying – Hi, I'm Mr. Hanky. I'm Daniel Jones. I'm getting flushed. Bye-bye.
2: Yeah, it sounds accurate. It sounds like Dave Gettleman on that year's draft, too. But in this year's draft, there's a lot of different options I like for the Giants. I think Parsons, I like him more over Waddle just because I think he's a more complete player at his position, especially with linebackers. They're very hard to find now in today's game. But if it came to an offensive lineman like Slater, I probably would take Slater in that case because it's being prioritized a lot more, especially early in drafts now, because of these... Offensive schemes now, not, not that I trust what the Giants do. Oh, you, you know how I feel about Jason Garrett. But regardless, tackles are very hard What's
1: wrong find. with Jason Garrett? He takes shots at poor old Jason hey, Garrett.
2: should love Jason Garrett. No, are I should. Sure. No, I, I knew he was great when he was with the Cowboys. No doubt about oh, that.
0: But here's the thing, though. Like, if you take a Slater, you can move Andrew Thomas to the right side, which I think would be better suited for him. See, I actually anybody. think
2: Thomas, though, played better on the, the, left, on yes. the left
0: last year. In the lead this year, man, he didn't grasp it as well as I thought he could have. He did not, not initially, but I, he I played better he on the left, though. He may be a little better on the left, but the thing is, if he plays on the right, though, is it really that much more pressure, though? Especially with Jones being a right-handed quarterback.
1: I don't think Slater's going to be there anyways at number eleven. I, no, I they're
0: both going to be in the top ten. I, but...
1: I think Slater could go number nine. He can go number seven. He can go eight. Uh, obviously, they're the Carolina Panthers to protect Sam. There are so many options that could happen before it even hits the New York Giants, who are drafting. I think at number eleven. So. I think the interesting fact is the New York Giants need a number one wide receiver. Now, maybe Smith is sitting there at eleven. He falls out of the top ten. Now, I don't think the Cowboys at ten is gonna need another wide receiver. They got one. They have to be
2: nowadays, number one wide receiver money though. I understand I trust that. Devontae Smith to be a number one receiver more than Kenny Gollum. It makes a
1: lot more <laughs> sense that Devontae Smith might be sitting there because Jamar Chase, they're saying that could be Cincinnati's pick. And if that's the case, there's still Kyle Pitt there. I really think that Smith might be sitting there at number 11 for the New York Giants. Oh, they listen, can get Devontae
0: Smith, this, you jump on that in a second. Look, you go the way the Cowboys did. The Cowboys didn't need CeeDee Lamb, but they took CeeDee Lamb because he was the best player available at the time, and it was amazing I that he can't went believe down that far. There. He should have gone in the top 10. It was a steal 17. for them. It was a no brainer for him to take him. So it's almost like if Devontae Smith is there, you add to it with Kenny Galladay. You still have other guys. If you still believe in Sterling Shepard, I think he still has some talent. Evan Ingram is obviously a massive problem. I think he's so highly overrated, it's ridiculous. He drops every big game he has. He drops every ball.
1: You get the best player on the board. And if Micah Parsons is the best, most talented position on the board, you're drafting him. That's the answer. You, no, you have him. to. And I don't I don't want to hear about, well, I think he's a bad guy. Well, I'm a bad guy sometimes, and I'm a good yes. guy sometimes.
0: No, I do like your Kyle Pitts idea because the thing is, if you get Kyle Pitts, you can now have an asset in Ingram where you could trade him for draft picks and get back some draft picks. You're not getting much get. for
1: him. I'm telling you. No, what, no,
0: what, a sixth I mean, round look, pick? Say what you will. He has made the Pro Bowl, what, two of the last three or four years? Ooh. So say that, what,
2: that says the, more about how it. many good tight ends are in the league. There's yeah, not many. You
0: know at the same time, it's still on his resume. Yeah. And people are still going to think that he's still, you know How what's on my resume? I went to the bathroom Ingram.
1: twice today. Mitch Trubisky made is a Pro Bowl. Zin- Does
0: that mean anything? How old is Ingram?
1: 26. He's really young. I think that when you... Understand where the Giants are. And you, you look at some of these teams, like, for instance, you look at Cincinnati, the Bengals, and what they're looking for. They need an offensive lineman that can protect Joe Burrows after that injury, that bad, bad injury to his knee, the MCL and ACL. I think that you know what the deficiencies are with some of these teams, and you're looking at the strengths and the weaknesses. The Giants have a couple of big weaknesses. I think their strength is the cornerback position, so you don't need a corner. I think yeah. their weakness right now is defensive line help, asking and finding the guy that can get to the quarterback, which the Jets have been really trying to gather for the last couple of years and really the wide receiving position because even if they bring in Kenny Galladay who's overpaid, overpriced and I don't think is a number one you need to find that guy that's going to open up the field for your quarterback and make Daniel Jones a little bit better on paper than you really see when he plays in the game. So I think the whole point is is to make the quarterback finds the, his game and his talent around him better. So I think the best option the New York Giants need to do is first look for wide receiver tight end. Second, look for the pass rusher. I think that will make more sense when you know the positions that they're gravitating to and What they need for Gettleman to really get this back moving in the right direction. And Saquon needs to play a full season and show everybody that he was worth every bit of that second pick almost four years ago. Saquon Barkley had one really good season his first season. His second season was a dud. And his third season was injured. So I think that we want to see what Saquon Barkley could do on a full end-from-end season. That's you know, what I want to, to say. how
0: to stop a pass rush too. When guys are rushing it, he has to learn how to stop that. Pass. I think Barkley learned how to stop that pass rush. I think Barkley. He just gets bulldozed every single time. Well, you
1: like the bulldozing.
0: You know what I mean, I'm the yeah. I'm you the like guy the
1: bulldozing. Guy. You like the John Abraham bulldozer, right? I All had right. a John Abraham jersey. You no, know, I figured you look like the type of person that would. What does that mean? John you know, Abraham was a good player, <laughs> and now he's a retired player that's trying to find his way to be a Hall of Famer. So we'll see. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get into some basketball conference. The Brooklyn Nets lose an important piece to their team moving forward towards the playoffs. Playoffs are right around the corner. Is losing LaMarcus Aldridge now for the rest of the season and obviously retiring, his career is over. Does this make the Brooklyn Nets not the favorites to come out of the East? Well, when we come back, I'm going to tell you why I would agree that could be true here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Weekend crown I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Joshua, Big Daddy, Little J, Silverberg, and Mister Platform, Mister Board Op, Mister I don't know where the hell I am, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can call us and listen to us every single weekday. On the World Wide Sports Radio Network by going to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Go to iOS, WWSRN, and download the app or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are live every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide. Sports Radio Network.
0: Big Daddy, that's a new one. Yeah, big I, there's
1: Big Daddy. You know, I, I don't know if you're a Big, I daddy. big daddy. I gotta ask today. your wife I'm if you're a Big Daddy. I think you're more of a Small Daddy. Who knows? There's some revelations of thinking that you're a Big Saddle. Daddy. I
0: let it go. You should have. You're not Adam I Sandler, that's it. for that's sure. That's my mistake. You kind
1: of look true. like Adam Sandler with a uh, shaved head. You kind of do.
0: I met Adam Sandler. Before.
1: Well, uh, well, congratulations to you. Did he like you?
0: Yes, he did. Oh, well, what did you nice say time? to him? Hi and goodbye? That's about it. He saw me wearing a jet shirt or something. He was cracking a bunch of jokes about it. Well, he's, he's a stupid. jet fan. I'm
1: kind of lost with you. I, I wonder sometimes if you're a jet fan or you're just like a state puff marshmallow man fan. I, I think that's what you, you got like. got
0: big thing with Ghostbusters tonight, you, my friend.
1: You're, you're damn right. Who are you going to call? If if we're not calling Josh, you're calling Speedy. So, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm running for my life.
0: That's what Alex would do. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: that's true, too. Speedy, Uh-oh. I don't know what to do. Uh-oh. Hey. What what am I supposed to do, Speedy? What
0: what do we do now? (laughs) (laughs) Thank God that happened at the end of the show.
1: We're on all different platforms right now. Everybody's going to get a chance to watch us do our live show on 103.9, the L.I. News Radio Network. So I'd like to thank all the fans for listening to us and tuning into us right now. This is the opportunity to really get the chance to see a great FM radio show on 103.9. But getting back into some sports, the Brooklyn Nets have a huge problem. And LaMarcus Aldridge, nobody would have thought – In their wildest dreams uh, a couple of weeks ago where there were stories coming out that LaMarcus Aldridge, being that he was dropped by the Spurs, they parted ways. Nobody knew that he had heart problems or situations uh, with his health. He decided, instead of going to the Heat, to go to the Brooklyn Nets. And all the Net fans says, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. We're going to the championship. We're going against the Lakers. We're going to go against the Utah Jazz. And with the size that we have and the ability that we have with Blake Griffin and Jordan and the veteran players that we have and LaMarcus Aldridge, we're going. We're winning. Well, I don't know about that anymore. I I think that uh, you look at the game, the transformation of the regular season to the playoffs, completely different. LeBron James, who's dominated the playoffs year in and year out, almost every place he goes, it's either the West or the East. He's not Steph Curry, who's a wannabe championship player who says, and everybody says, is a top five point guard of all time. No, no, no. LeBron James is a top two player of all time, and the only person you can compare him to, which you can't, but you would try to, is Michael Jordan. But all in all, you look at the Brooklyn Nets and you look at James Harden, you look at Kyrie Irving, who's having an MVP season. I know he's played only 39 games, and all you net fans are saying, "Well, it doesn't matter if he's played how many games; he's still Kyrie Irving, he's still averaging this amount of points." Well, uh, here's he my like
0: answer. from
1: South Park. Well, I well, good, uh, good for you. I- I'll give you a Mackie. I'll give you a nice swift kick to the ass. But nevertheless, uh, I will say this: I look at the Brooklyn Nets. There's a big deficiency in size. They're not a good offensive rebounding team. You see what the, the L.A. Lakers got. They got Andre Drummond, who's the best offensive rebounder in the league. You have Anthony Davis coming back, and he's practicing now, who's going to be coming back. If you do play the Lakers in the finals, you don't stand a chance. So, all you net fans, I think they're going to compete for a championship. I think they're going to compete in the Eastern Conference because it's just that damn bad. Are they going to win against a Western Conference team? Are they going to beat the Jazz in a seven game series? Are they going to beat the Clippers in a seven game series? Hey, are they going to pick the Lakers? Are they going to be able to beat the Lakers? And if they're going to pick the Lakers, I'd be running from the Lakers. But the answer is, Josh. They're
0: not going to. And this is what this does. Okay. So, this is basically going to be adding DeAndre Jordan back into the fold because DeAndre Jordan for the little mid-amount of time that LaMarcus Aldridge was here, which was about, what, five games he was probably here for. He put up pretty decent numbers, but the biggest thing about him was his interior defense, and they lost a massive rebounder now. They don't have the size. If they go against the Los Angeles Lakers, who has Andre Drummond, who's the king of rebounding in this league, and Anthony Davis, they're going to get slaughtered on the boards, and that's going to happen second and third chance opportunities For the Lakers, if they go against the Utah Jazz, who have Rudy Gobert and other guys, they're going to get squashed in the interior, in the paint. They don't have the size anymore. It's done. It's over. You always mention MVP. We always talk about, I think, Jokic and Irving. You have to add Joel Embiid to that conversation. Joel Embiid's having a ridiculously good year this year as well. And even that, too, if they had to play the 76ers. How are they going to out-rebound Joel Embiid in that series? Now, I think the Nets will win in a seven-game series because you have Kyrie, KD, and Harden. They should win, and they should get to the finals. It's a no-brainer. If they don't, it's a complete disaster. But the point of it is this. They get to the finals. Now the Nets fans and all the fans in the NBA are going to say, well, if they don't win, it's a complete failure. Well, when you bring those three superstars to a single team, then, yes, it's an absolute failure. Because you know what? The Miami Heat, remember their first year when the Big Three got together? Who did they lose to in the finals? They lost to Dirk. Remember, they made fun of Dirk because he had a cold. They sniffled and made fun of him in the Mm postgame. And they lost in six games to the Dallas Mavericks, who were a very good team, but they had nowhere near the talent that the Miami Heat had with the big three of Wade, Bosh, and LeBron. So, therefore, if the Nets don't win, it's going to be Bash City for Brooklyn. And then the question's going to become, can Kyrie handle it here in New York? Is KD going to be sensitive and go on social media? Is James Harden all in with this team in the future? Losing LaMarcus Aldridge is a massive blow. And I don't want to hear Blake Griffin, please. Blake Griffin hasn't bit relevant in five or six years. You add DeAndre Jordan back to the fold, DeAndre Jordan sticks. Hmm. Okay, there's a reason why they signed LaMarcus Aldridge, because DeAndre Jordan sticks. And the Brooklyn Nets are pretty much, I would say, very much screwed because they have no size on this team.
1: You look at the Knicks and you look at Julius Randle, a guy that's been very, very tired. I think that Tom all has really expensed his young players now. And I think he needs to start using them more in understanding on where this team is going. Quickly should be played more. I want to see more Obi Toppin. I want to see him more of R.J. Barrett. Even R.J. Barrett's playing a significant amount of time. I know what Julius Randle is. He's a great player. He's going to get a lot of money. The Knicks are probably going to pay him. We know what he is. If you're ready to win in the playoffs, you need to allow that this guy is going to stay healthy. This guy is going to be able to continue helping this Nick team grow into a playoff contending team. So that's what I want to see. I don't want to see, well, you know what? I'm going to sit back and hope that Tom David going to find somebody in the rough. This is not Mr. Needle in the haystack. Because if it was, I'd take Speedy and I'd shove him down the
0: toilet. Okay? So why, don't, said, why not when they play a crappy team that they know that they could probably beat? So if they play like the Detroit Pistons or some crappy team like that that they know they could beat, why not make an excuse and just put Julius Randle out for a rest? You cannot sit here and tell me mm-hmm. that Anthony Davis, he was injured at the beginning of February. He'd yeah. be back in. Four weeks. It is now April. That means that they're resting him longer for this. But the
1: Knicks can't do that. If they want to make the playoffs, they can't rest anybody. They can't no, sit anybody. Up, but they're
0: milking it so he is rested and prepared for the playoffs.
1: We're talking about the Knicks. We're not talking about no, Anthony Davis. I know that,
0: but I'm saying the Knicks should take that approach.
1: I don't know why you're jumping from the Lakers to the Knicks. They're it's not even comparable. The Lakers could win without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. The They've the proven playoffs. it. Could the Knicks win without Randall playing a little they bit? once this year. No. Already, they won a the game and they won. Oh, give me a break. Josh, they what, what are you you doing over there, man? I, whatever you're smoking, maybe you need to smoke the wax that uh, Kenny was smoking last night. I have no idea what is going on with you tonight, man.
0: What I'm trying to say to you is they played the a game without Julius Randle this year. Mm-hmm. Dude. It's one game if you let him sit out. One game, you can't give him an extra day of rest. Or like when they clinch a spot and they know where they're at at that point, right? So say they clinch the sixth seed. So you can't let him sit out those last two games of the year? So hold on.
1: Where do I sign up for the New York Knicks? I sign up winning the first round of the playoffs and showing that you're an up-and-coming team and then try to make a move for Chris Paul in the offseason when he's a free agent. And maybe if Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns do not get out of the second round, maybe you talk Devin Booker into leaving Phoenix and pushing him out like there were stories coming out that he wanted to flee and go to the Knicks last season when Rose and Wesley became a part of the management group for the New York Knicks.
0: I keep saying big cat, car Anthony Towns. Stop There's spreading the-
1: rumors. It doesn't make any sense how the big I'm
0: well, you also forget who's running the Timberwolves now. So who has any clue what kind of owner he is?
1: Oh, who are you talking about? Oh, yes. Mr. Rodriguez. Is that what we're talking about?
0: Yes. You know, oh. the guy that doesn't even play basketball. He's now owning the Timberwolves. Well, why That's- not? He's, he
1: knows how to make money. He knows how to Good put problem. money in his pockets.
0: Yeah, great. He went from trying to own the Mets in New York City. He's better off uh, owning that team. The Minnesota Timberwolves. What's wrong with owning
1: about the Timberwolves? I mean, they have Carl Anthony Towns. They have
0: have Edwards.
1: They got the number one pick last year. I think they're... Right now, they're nowhere. But if you put a winning, a guy that knows how to win, and listen, Alex Rodriguez did win a championship. Say whatever you want. He played for the Yankees. He was a big part of that championship team. And this guy is still one of the greatest baseball players, one of the greatest athletes to ever play in professional sports. I don't care if he did steroids. I don't want to hear it. That's not it excuse. Don't make excuses. I am so tired of excuses for all he's you fans baseball, out there. He never
0: played basketball. He, he's Who never cares? A, but he's yeah. never owned a team. He played
1: football. He was a star quarterback. In what? High school? So what? Some people said he was a number one recruit as a quarterback coming from Miami. Has
0: he ever owned a team before? It
1: doesn't matter. You gotta Did he ever play basketball? learn how to do that, don't you? You got money. You've owned organizations and businesses and you're dating J-Lo.
0: No, he's not. He's still no, he's dating not. They broke
1: up. Oh, don't believe that.
0: They announced it. Oh, oh, my God. Two of them announced oh it. If
1: the Kardashians said they lost their underwear in a toilet, you're going to believe Let's them. Oh my God. And there it goes. That's what I say when it comes to the good and the best of the bald man Adam Sandler wannabe, oh, Joshua man, now Silverberg. Now my
0: dog is Urgh. worried.
1: Now my dog is worried. Oh, well, there's a lot of things worried. It's definitely not going to be your dog. And whatever dog you're talking about, that's for damn sure. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get into some baseball. And, yes, The New York Yankees and their fans are not very happy about where this team is going. And even though there's only 15 or 16 games into the season, I think the Yankee fans want to jump off a plank. Well, I'm going to tell you why Yankee (laughs) fans. Relax. They're already there. And what I mean by that is that they're going to find their way out of this, and they're going to find a way to win. This team is too good to be bad. Aaron Hicks needs to get over that 176 mark. But all in all, this team will figure it out. I'm sure they will. When we come back, we'll get into some Mets. We'll get into the Yankees. And I'm going to tell you why the Atlanta Braves are not, out of the question, still the best team in the National League. When we come back, I will tell you why Atlanta still is the favorite to come out of the National League East here on The Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Joshua, little J Silverberg. And on the boards, as always, the guy that wears no underwear sometimes on shows, Mr. Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every Single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Guys, if you haven't checked us out on iRadio USA, Check us out. We are a great show. We are a live show. Our network is on iRadio USA. Shout out to Chris Angel, the famous and the greatest magician around, really, in Vegas. He is the biggest show in Vegas. But thank you to him with his digital platform and really our network, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, Check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. By the way, Josh, I see what you have. You you have your little... uh, off the mat... Try to fit in
0: with. That. I only haven't prepared for Tuesday. That's no. what I have. No. Well, but congratulations! It takes you five
1: seconds to reprepare something, and you're worried about Tuesday. Tuesday's not for like four days.
0: We already had our show and our topics already, man. We're ready to go. Oh, to... so you, you have
1: it all set up for t- four days from we, now? We, we
0: do things so early. I figured
1: you're trying to follow yourself, or maybe follow each other. Maybe trying to sniff each other's butts. I have no idea. When it comes to wrestling, guys. If you're a wrestling fan, if you like to do that, just call Joshua Silverberg and watch off the mat. There is some smells and some stenches over there with Lyle. So who knows?
0: Um, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Alex doesn't get away with anything. Wait, what
1: what is- do you mean? A poor, poor little Alex. Sometimes he wonders poor where he's guy. at. Maybe he just doesn't realize where he's at or know where he is. Sometimes I wonder if Alex knows uh, if he's talking on a radio show. But all in all, I love Alec. And Lyle, I love you too, man. I I just, I'm a little lost in some of the things that you do. But, and if he's listening to the show, congratulations. I just want to give you some confidence and maybe you'll find yourself out of a hole. Some other hole. Anyways, uh, I I want to get into uh, some baseball. When you listen to the New York Yankee fans, and I live in New York and I grew up a Yankee fan. I I grew up a Don Mattingly fan. Donnie baseball. The Yankees in the 80s were horrendous. They couldn't win a lick, even though they had the most wins out of any major league team in the 80s. Uh, didn't show because they never won a championship. There was no wildcard teams and they barely made the playoffs. So I got a chance to watch the Yankees when they were really, really bad. And then in the nineties, they were really, really good. Yankee fans now. And some of the older Yankee fans are now ready to jump off a ledge. They're throwing baseballs on a field like last night and which is shameful. And because they're not playing good baseball, maybe because they brought in Corey Kluber and think that he was the savior. I don't know where Corey Kluber is and where the New York Yankees are as an organization, but I do know that they're going to figure things out. This is a team that's too good not to win 90 to 100 games. And I think you're too early to want to jump off a plank. But, you know, Met fans like to sit there and like to stir up things. If you want to give me some hot cocoa or some coffee to really keep myself up with some caffeine, well, you could just ask a Met fan because a Met fan, they want to run their heads into a wall. And maybe the Mets are playing pretty decent baseball now, so Met fans are all happy. Oh, we're playing better than the Yankees, so you know what? Francisco Lindor wasn't overpaid. Oh, well, Give me a break. Francisco Lindor needs to figure things out, but the Mets are playing better baseball than the Yankees, but Yankee fans, there's got to be something that you, you see good with this team moving forward, and, and, and the fact is, is Aaron Judge is still healthy, he's got four home runs already, and maybe this team is moving in the right direction, it doesn't show on the wins and losses record, but wins and losses is not going to explain everything until the middle of the season trying to get this team together, staying healthy, and figuring things out as an organization on where their strengths and the weaknesses are, where they can attack their weaknesses and fix their strengths, then you're a championship competitive team. Uh, And the Dodgers right now look like they're unbeatable. But Josh... I know you're going to go right into your Mets
0: because that's what you do. No, I'm not. No, we can talk Yankees.
1: No, no, no we'll get it to the Mets because I, I'd like to hear some of the garbage that comes out of your mouth because there is some things that, you know, the that, say, they don't play any games right what? now. The Mets haven't played anybody
0: good, but shouldn't this team beat the bad teams?
1: The Mets need to figure things out of who their identity is because I think all we've seen so far is Conforto like to stick his elbow out and hit himself because he can't hit a ball and he can't lick and he's trying to win a contract. Your two best hitters in Smith and Nimmo, Nimmo where everybody was talking about they weren't sure if he was even going to make the team this year before the season started. They were going to go after Springer. Well, they it. were talking about bringing Springer and if Springer came in Nimmo would have been gone.
0: What they would have done was they would have moved Nimmo to left and then it would have put Smith to the bench which would have been a problem because then that's a big bet off the odd that you're missing. I think the
1: they line. would have traded Nimmo. No, no, I I, 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 I think Smith would. is a better he's hitter.
0: He's absolutely a better hitter. So but why would I'm, you play Nimmo? I love Brady Nimmo. He's one of my favorite players. I feel bad for you. I don't know why, but okay. He's one of your uh, favorite players.
1: I mean, how could you root on a guy that is not one of those known guys that you could care less about?
0: I like the guys that fly under the radar. Uh, I like those guys. Uh, guys. Dude, yeah. I was, dude, I'm i a Jeff fan. I like Jericho Cotter. He flew under the radar. Yeah. I don't like the major heavily. I wish you flew under the radar. Military. That would
1: make me feel so much better.
0: Well, no, trust me. I wish a lot of things about you that would, uh, you know, make me feel like Well, I, uh, that's a shame for you. I don't feel shame about anything, actually. I feel wonderful.
1: Look at you. You look like Adam Sandler lookalike. Who's strong that's strong by me.
0: Adam Sandler makes millions of dollars. Yeah, I'd but- like him and, and look and, like you. You know, Adam
1: Sandler makes millions and you make uh, hundreds or pennies or two dollars or whatever the heck you make. So, I mean, you have something in common. You just don't make enough money.
0: Not yet, per se, but uh, sure.
1: Well, that's true. If you keep kissing that dog and, and you're showing people that you love your dog, you might be marrying her.
0: Well, I'm already married anyway. So. Well, we, we hope.
1: We don't know if you gave one of those rings to your doggy. You could be married to her.
0: I thumbs or any fingers. She just has... Nails. Oh, I mean, Is this the conversation we're going with? Where were we going with
1: this? I, I, the conversation is your Mets. That's what I'm talking about. But obviously you love your Brandon Nimmo and you'll probably jump off the ledge if Nimmo gets traded. Is that what we're talking about here?
0: No, not at all. I think what would have happened was Smith would have been put to the bench. Sandy drafted both Nimmo and Smith. And I think Smith would have been the guy he would have traded, which would have been unfortunate. But I look at it like this. Look, the Mets are still finding themselves. Their starting pitching has been unbelievably good. And they don't even have Carrasco or Syndergaard back yet, which is a bonus for them if It feels like their bullpen, it's okay. They're figuring it out in some capacity. They still don't have Seth Lugo back yet, but you're seeing guys like Castro who's finding his rhythm, who did well in spring training. May is doing better. Loop had a nice ground ball the other day. I think the biggest thing about this team right now is they're playing good, fundamentally good defensive baseball on the infield with Guillaume and Lindor and McNeil and even Alonso has really improved his defense and McNeil throwing guys at. The Mets have a good defensive catcher finally. It's been a very long time. A great defensive
1: catcher can't hit.
0: Well, he's saying 285 right now. Yes, but I I have a feeling he's going to fall off the radar. He might, but look at it this way it's all about with defense they're playing so much better defensively the last seven or eight years they have not been able to make the most simplest plays they've been so bad at making turning double plays in the ground balls now it feels like every time a ball is hit you feel comfortable as a fan because these guys can make the most simple plays but there's even nice plays that they're doing and the bigger thing is like a guy like Guillaume for example is able to literally when he fields the ball he slides and he's able to when he throws it he bounces the ball to Alonso in the perfect spot where he's just goes You see this? You see set. this?
1: He bounces the ball. It's like follow the yellow brick road. I don't more, understand. I'm saying. I'm saying. like this, a Wizard uh, of Oz fan. I mean, seen, I, seriously, dude. is the Wicked Witch coming? I mean, seriously, everything is great. Oh, hey, you're great, hit. That's great. Who it is. You're the Wicked Witch. I mean, you seriously. Know? I mean, we're gonna see flying monkeys in a few minutes. This That's guy. Meaty. I mean, there's more. That's there's meaty. more meaty happiness meaty than bad things with this guy. I mean, think about it. There's nothing bad that he's seen for the New York Mets. Oh, that's
0: completely not true. They're, they're like, dude, they dude. They need to hit better. That's not even close to what I'm saying. Yeah, but they they have flaws in their lap, and they need to fix those flaws in regards to guys hitting with the runners. Follow the yellow football. brick
1: round. Follow the yellow brick round. Okay, so follow, when I say something follow, good, you follow, get upset. Follow, follow, when I say follow, something follow, negative,
0: follow. you make fun of me. So it's like a can't win, can't lose kind of situation. Well, it's never
1: win know. or lose but with you. It's, it's all tournament. about winning because it's all the about the Mets.
0: Don't say, don't bring up the Mets have problems with hitting, right? Yes, the Yankees do too. fun me about that. And they do. When you bring up the Yankees starting pitching, you don't hear me say a thing because they the Yankees. Yankees are going to be fun. The Yankees are going <laughs> to be fun. They are because you the say, Yankees the always like this. The they always like the this. Why? The Yankee pitching is going to be okay. They're but always the like this.
1: The Yankees are always play. like this. The Mets—they've never dealt with this. The Yankees are always like you know
0: this. The Yan- the, are you kidding me? Dude, going into this season, the Yankees have had certain players. Dude, they had Tanaka. Mm-hmm. They've had Paxton. They have Mm -hmm. Severino, uh, adequate number of pitchers that you knew going into it can still pitch. No, really? Yeah, really. Duh. So
1: okay. when Paxton came in last year, every Yankee fan was excited that Paxton was going to pitch a full season. No, they didn't. So I don't want to hear that. Oh, Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah, Tinas- right I'm taking Kluber. I'm oh my a- God. i take taking Kluber. Holy moly. <laughs> oh, you are on crack. I'm on crack. Here's how much crack I'm on. Let's go look at Masahiro Tanaka's numbers the last two years in the beginning of the season. If I pull it up his first six games, Tanaka's won one game. Last year, he won his first game in four. He won one game in four games. Kluber's been on the mound twice. He's lost one game. He's 0-1. He got pulled out in the third inning or the fourth inning, the game that they lost. Fourth, they need the game. He's lost one game as a pitcher. Yes, he's, his ERA is 7. Tanaka last year, in the beginning of the season, his ERA was at seven eight three.
0: You knew Tanaka so, was going to eventually find
1: himself. And you're going to know that with Kluber. Kluber won oh, no, two Kluber hasn't been healthy in two years. He hasn't been healthy for two years. Well, first he hasn't of all, he pitched well either. I can't wait until Kluber starts pitching well so I can stick it down your throat. And then you're going right. to make some excuses. The
0: Mets are hitting, and I could shove it down your uh,
1: throat. No, the Mets are going to be hitting because the Mets are going to be playing in a division, and Lindor's playing in a division that he's never played in. He's playing against better pitching oh, and a better boy. organizations I and better you, teams that are moving forward. Hope so the
0: Yankees starting pitching pitches well, uh, pally Boy. I don't have to hope perfect. anything.
1: I'm not a blind fan. I tell you how it is. I don't I'm think not a it,
0: blind for either. I'm telling you how it is. The Yankees starting pitching is concerning. Yeah, and so, and so
1: is the Mets lineup.
0: That's a damn sure. I think the Mets lineup is very concerned. And here's the thing:
1: the Yankees have been in these situations before. The Yankees start pitching has started the season this bad before. And where have the Yankees been every single season? Winning between 95 and 100 games. The Mets have been favorites quite a few times in the last, I don't know, 25 years. And every time they're a favorite, they usually don't. Go as far as everybody thinks they are. And I think Met fans, again, oh, we, we, there's so many games being canceled, COVID 19, it's too cold out. Who's putting them in Colorado? Wah. And you want well, to Let me ask you,
0: who decided to put them the in Mets. Colorado in April?
1: The Mets. The Mets agreed no, to that. No, did
0: Major League Baseball game. And, and the
1: oh, Mets have to sign oh, off on that schedule. The Mets Almost have to sign off. They
0: so, didn't really have much of an option or any say I'll in it. Oh, give me that. a break. What a cry. You tell me you think the Mets agreed to them going to Colorado in April? I, know, I guarantee you the Mets. Fans
1: had, I guess all you Met fans didn't see that to be that way, but I'm sure the Mets, when they looked at it, they didn't care because they didn't think it was still going to be as bad as it is with the COVID 19 situation. So I think they thought that it was going to be called off anyways and be pushed. But now all of a sudden, with the COVID 19 and all these speculations of where the MLB is going this season, if they're even going to play 162 games, well, I'm going to throw myself under a rock. Anyways. Go Cardinals, by the way. I think the Cardinals are going to be a dangerous team. And I think the Atlanta Braves are going to find their way out of this conundrum. I think they're in a conundrum and I think a Nice word. I like that word. Yeah, you like that? Could I smack you around a little bit? Or maybe I should invite Speedy over and you can have Doritos with him.
0: What do you think? I don't even understand what that, uh, Speedy could come over anytime he wants and hang out. Mm-hmm. I actually won't get upset. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go.
1: <laughs> Speedy is too bothered by uh listening to your crazy, crazy, stupid, no good, dirty, oh, scoundrel stuff.
0: Everything you say yep. is wonderful. Oh, it. It's like love the it. Ten Commandments. Love the it. waves, arrow speaks Ooh. and the, the sea waves parts. open up. Yes. We'll pass they over. Follow. Follow. Follow
1: all the way up they to rc Ten Commandments. Give it to me all, baby. <laughs> Give it to me all. I am lost, but I'm here to stay. I love foodie Pebbles in a major way. There we go. Anyways, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into some hockey. We're going to talk about some Rangers and Islanders. And by the way, I I have no idea what's going on with the Islanders and in the last three games. I think Barry Trotz is going to have to have some empty practices, no press, because I think there needs some skating drills. I see this team being pushed to the edge because if they think squeezing into the playoffs is good enough to go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals this year, they're sadly mistaken. And with the picks and the draft picks that they traded away to get these two other players, Jack and Paul Mary, they're expected to win this year. I want to see a little bit more situational hockey where I want to see them winning. And by the way, the Rangers, they're playing pretty good hockey. But the Beefs still has these dreams that they're going to make the playoffs. Well,
0: I don't want them to make the playoffs. Well,
1: why not? Do you think going after a high draft pick is going to make a difference? No, because then that
0: I means David Quinn's going to be back next year. That's
1: well, David Quinn will probably be back because there's nothing that's been coming out that they're going to move
0: past. He's like Lou. He's very quiet. He doesn't disclose things to the media. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to be very interested. I don't think they're moving on from him. I think they're going to give him one more year. Young defense, young team. They believe in moving forward. David Quinn will see. I
0: love this kid craftshop by the way.
1: Of course you do. I remember cool. when he was drafted. So, well, it makes you love him anyways. Well, we'll get into that when we come back. Yeah. Here on the weekend crunch. Get back, ladies and gentlemen. As you guys know, my name is Errol Marks, my co-host Joshua Silverberg and the producer, Speedy Peedy. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York, Houston time. on 103.9 the L.I. News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine of the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Download the World Wide Sports Radio app, iOS, WWSRN or Android, World Wide Sports Radio Network. Go to our website at www worldwideportsradio.com I radio USA yes ladies and gentlemen we are now on Chris Angels digital platform we are the voices of sports radio here in New York Long Island we are here to stay and we're here to romp any sports fan if they want to attack the greatest of all and that's not Joshua Silverberg that's, wrong. <laughs> that's a curveball ladies and gentlemen I, I I just like to throw them Anyways, I will get into a lot when we go to uh, debate wars because I win a lot. There's some kind of authority when it comes to who is a winner and who is a loser. I am a winner. And Josh, I would say, is like silly putty. You know, you you pull it off. I
0: actually say the winners are the fans. That's who I say the winners are. Oh,
1: oh. the winners are the fans. But they're the losers because they have to listen to you. So,
0: how's that? You're such a nice guy. I am.
1: I just like throwing curveballs. You know, tonight is just the day of throwing curveballs. I'm sorry, Josh. You're in the middle of my way. So, I got to top the mountain of Adam Sandler wannabe. Anyways. (laughs) I want to get into some hockey conversation. And no, the Islanders are not playing tonight. So it it is us. You are listening to us live at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, yes, uh, we are going to get into some Islanders hockey. And Josh, I know you're a big hockey fan. I'm a big hockey fan too. Are you surprised that the Islanders are on a three-game losing streak? And do you think that the Islander variants have something to be concerned about knowing that they've lost three games in a row two two games against the Boston Bruins who are trying to fight their way back into this leaderboard and the New York Rangers who are trying to slowly but surely sneak into the playoffs because the beeve thinks that they're a playoff-contending team.
0: I'd say the last two years, this has been the issue with the Islanders. Towards the end of the season, it always feels like they go on this tailspin, per se, where they're very stacked. In. And I don't know if it's because Palmieri and Zajac are trying to kind of get the chemistry down, that could be a situation. The weird thing to me is this – when you look at the way the New York Islanders are playing, and by the way, kudos to the Boston Bruins at the trade deadline for getting Taylor Hall for absolutely nothing. Taylor Hall has been an absolute stud since the Bruins got him. I think he scored the same amount of goals for the Bruins in these two or three games that he scored for the entire season for the Sabres. It just feels like Paul Mary, I thought, would fit in a little bit more. I mean, look, there's still time he just got there. But the thing is, the trade deadline, I think, was a little later this year, and the playoffs are coming up so fast that there's only so much time for him to, get to gain chemistry. Like I said, even last year before COVID hit, remember, they were in the playoff picture of the Islanders, and they got off to such a tailspin. They were out of the playoff picture. They weren't going to get in. They were losing so many games. And then COVID hit, and they were able to click the reset button, the Islanders, and they made it into the bus, and were a dangerous team. They were very physical. They were able to play their defensive game that they played. The owners have to figure this out. Barry Trotz has to sit with this team, have a conversation with them, and basically tell them, you are not playing the game that you played the first so-and-so games this season. I always find it to lose back-to-back games to the same team is a very difficult task to do because you saw them once already. It's like, okay, we can figure them out. At this point, something is off with them. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if, if it's still it's an offensive... new players. I think no. it has a
1: lot to do with the new players. I think they need to figure out what their lines are moving forward. There's 11 games left. I think that Barry Trotz is just trying to move around some of these lines and figure out who fits... Uh, the Islanders, if they don't make the playoffs, it would be an absolute catastrophe. Oh, they're going to make
0: the playoffs. Right. They'll make the playoffs. It's just a matter of how are they going to go into the playoffs. Are they going to go in stagnant? Or they went they gonna stagnant gonna go last in...
1: year, and they went all the way to the Easter Conference Championship. So I don't think it matters with the Islanders. The COVID
0: thing hit. They were out of the game for, what, a month and a half or two months or three months. They were able to reset.
1: If anything, it so would be worse. It would be worse for them. If you're resetting, you're missing a whole month. No, because going... they
0: were struggling so bad. Um, they were struggling so and they're, bad. And they're
1: struggling so bad right now.
0: There's no, there's not going to be a stoppage this year. They don't
1: have to stop because even if they play out these 11 games and they lose, eight out of the, the 11 games, they're still making the playoffs. So, again, it doesn't matter. If the Islanders, their season starts now and they lose out every single game, I still think that the Islanders can make that run. Sirokin lost last night. I think his first loss in quite a few games. I, I think he's been very successful. I think to me, he's the rookie of the year. If I were to pick who the rookie of the year right now is, not defensemen or offensive players, I'm taking Sharokhin. I think Sirokin has been the best all-around rookie coming in from the KHL. But again, Ball's
0: playing really well right now too. I mean, they, listen. Taylor Hall has fit he's in. Not a rookie. Extremely- <laughs> this team. I'm not talking about Taylor no, Hall. No, no, I'm not. I'm saying i saying Boston's playing really well right now because Taylor Hall is playing really well right now. Maybe that Are has to surprised do with
1: Taylor Hall is a good player. I think Taylor Hall was a good player. He went to Buffalo. Well,
0: I, mean, no, I never said he made smart decisions.
1: Well, he thought it was easier going to play with Jack Eichel than going over there and playing uh, Marchant, who who probably likes to bite your nose off or something. Or lick you. (laughs) Or lick you or spit at you or smack you around or, you know, climb elevators or I don't know what the hell he thinks in his head. Eventually, we're going to hear that he bungee jumps off a building. We've seen a lot of crazy things with some of these guys and guys that don't like to wear their dentures. They like to do stupid things. But, again, I think that where the Islanders are and where they're sitting, I I don't think they're in a bad position. I I think that the Rangers, uh, you as a Ranger fan, thinking that I don't want them to make the playoffs, I, I think you want them to make the playoffs. If you think it's going to keep Quinn... I think if they're somewhere close to a playoff spot, I still think they're going to keep Quinn because I still think J.D. thinks that giving him.
0: what you said the other day.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things that I said, and now I've seen the situation. I see how J.D. has reacted, and I've read some things off the computer and some of the writers. All the Ranger writers want, obviously, Quinn to be gone, but that doesn't mean that J.D. thinks, hey, getting rid of Quinn is the right thing to do. Now, if the right guy comes along, guy from the Blue Jacks, we talk about this all the time. Uh, Is skipping and jumping for the position, then I get rid of Quinn. I I don't just, hey, you know what? I'm going to go with the Montreal coach. I'm going to go with Babcock because he's the big name, he's the big name available. I say you go after the best optional guy, and if you don't have the right guy that's optional he's still there, then you play with Quinn, you go into the season with Quinn, and and beg and pray that they're going to figure things out, because to me, the only two or three impressive players, Fox has been impressive for the position that he plays, especially with the Rangers. He's been the best defensive player. I don't want to hear Ranger fans that he's better than Noah Dobson. There's no comparison to both of them. One's a completely different offensive and defensive player to the other, and one's like six foot six, and the other one's like five ten. It's a huge difference, and I, I just think the comparison—it's ridiculous. Both of them are very young. If you ask me who I want, I want the bigger, stronger guy. So you know who I'm going to pick, but. I think Fox has been very impressive. I think there were certain players that ver- have been impressive to me this year. Lafreniere, I know he's his rookie year. I'm not impressed with Lafreniere. Hopefully it's- things are going to change his second year because we see what happened to Capococco. Capococco has had a very good season in his second year. He has. I, I have to give him credit. I- maybe I give Quinn a little bit more credit because he's figured things out. and Maybe Quinn has a lot to do with it. But I do believe that Lafreniere, you would hope, would figure things out his second year. He has not looked good. I don't want to hear it from any Ranger fan thinking, oh, he's a young player. This guy was the number one pick. And how many goals does Lafreniere have? Whoa. Seven oh, okay. goals, six assists in 43 games, 13 points. Plus, minus, which that's the thing that I really look at, is a negative four. That means he's on the ice with a lot of negative goals. His defense is really not up there either. So that's alarming to me. I don't want to hear anybody. That's the number one pick in the draft. Now, I know what you're going to say, well, what about Jack Hughes? Jack Hughes is a different player. Alexis Lafreniere. people were comparing to Sidney Crosby. That's who they were comparing him to. I don't know why
0: they would. They, they wouldn't would. play the same position.
1: Well, he played for the same team Sidney Crosby did when he came into the NHL, and he scored as many goals and as many assists as Sidney Crosby did coming to the NHL. And a lot of Ranger fans, a.k.a. the beef, comes out and says, you know what? We need another offensive player. We need to draft the best player on the board when it made no sense. I don't want to hear that they have one of the best defensive players in the draft. We don't know when he's going to come. I would have traded that pick and I would have gotten whatever I possibly could have gotten to really solidify this defense, to be a better defense. I don't want to hear that they're ranked 13th to 14th in the league now, or they have the best penalty killing team in the NHL. To me, that doesn't matter. What matters is this is a talented team with a lot of talent, offensive talent. They're not scoring goals, they're not making the playoffs. They haven't even gotten into the round of the playoffs. In This will be the second year in a row. I mean, last year they made it to a round, the round robin against the Carolina Hurricanes. They couldn't win one game. So, as a Ranger fan, anybody that sits here and says, oh, I hate the Islanders. Well, okay, you hate the Islanders. That's fine. You hate the Islanders. Why do you hate them? Because they're winning? I'm an Islander fan. I'll be straight up honest, but I'm not even taking shots at the Rangers. I can't sit there and listen to a Ranger fan say that, hey, I'm going to hate on the Islanders because they're winning. That is the most ridiculous I have no thing.
0: Issue with
1: the well, you don't, but you're you're one of very few Ranger fans that I listen to or I've heard that likes to just take a shot at the Islanders organization because hey, you know what? It's the Islanders, and even though they've made the playoffs the last three years, they had one of the best records in the league the first year Barry Trotz. They had the best defense in the league the last two years back to back. They're in a top three this year, and now Barry Trotz and this team could win the division and could be the best team coming out of the East. I'm interested to see what this team is going to do moving forward, the Rangers. And I think it's not going to be the coach who is going to settle the answers of where they are. I think understanding where this team is and who this team is when it comes to the face of the organization. You say, off for this kid that they drafted a couple of years ago in the draft, you love him.
0: What do you love about him? What I like about him is he has a lot of confidence with the puck. That's for one. He's comfortable skating already in this league. He's a big body guy, but he can also shrug off defensive players. That's one thing that's something that you can take when – coming into the league, if you could kind of find yourself in that sort of way and you're getting comfortable that way and you're confident when you have – like we started last year with Kako. Kako has a big body, but he had no confidence shrugging off defensive players and he had the body to do it. He would always give the puck away. Krasov doesn't have that. He's able to find his teammates really well. He's also quick with his eyes. He's able to quickly get the puck off to the open guy. That's something that you sometimes you can teach it, but sometimes you gravitate to it quickly. He has confidence. And that's something that I think now, you wouldn't look at it. I, I just
1: want to throw you a curveball before we go. Capococco, even though I think he's looked a lot better this year, in 36 games he has six goals and six assists. Lafanier has more points and more goals than Capococco, which I did not know, which tells me one thing. You could bring up Kako again, and I was wrong about this. This is not a good second season for Capococco either. This is a guy that is a second pick in the first round, and everybody was expected after seeing him in the World Championships, he was easily the best skater on the ice. Well, guess what, guys? It don't matter if he's the best player in the World Championships because he was he's not the best player in that draft class.
0: The thing about Kako is he's also done much better in the sense of he's shooting the puck a lot more. It's just he's gotten a lot of tough breaks. Some of the shots that he's taken in some of these games, they've made some ridiculous saves on him. He's getting competent shooting the puck more. And I think when you're on a line with playing with Strowman Panarin, I think that's going to help him moving forward. I think that's something that Quinn sometimes doesn't put these young kids on the right lines in the right spots. Like when you're putting these guys with like Cody McLeod and you're putting them with crappy players and Brett Howden. I don't think that's really going to help the confidence of Alexei Lafreniere when you're playing with fourth line players. I think you have to put them in successful situations. And that's the knock on Quinn. He's not putting the young kids in successful situations. Don't you
1: have to earn your position on where you're going to move up
0: and what Absolutely. line you're going to play? I, and what the sad thing is? He hasn't proven it. Oliver the Wallstrom. The game. And the thing of it is, Kako and Lafreniere in games, they do have those games where they have earned it, and yet Quinn still sticks them on the fourth line. Oliver Walsh went from the corner, third line to the second. The to the ice first. Time. He does not give them the ice time that they need to be oh. able to be successful. Uh, that's an
1: excuse for a Ranger fan. No, I'm uh, being
0: dead serious, dude. You have to earn
1: time. your ice time. You got to earn it.
0: Lafreniere had a three game stretch where he scored a goal in three straight games, and you're still only giving him ten minutes of ice time on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. How is that going to give somebody confidence when you're doing what you're told to do and being su- successful? And yet you're still stuffing them on the fourth line. When Barry trots, when you're successful, he will give them the ice time when you're successful. When Quinn still sticks these guys on the fourth line because he wants to give Brett Howden and these players that he has a love affair with, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, the ice time that they don't deserve. All right.
1: All right. So if you go every single game from top to bottom to newest, he has had more and more, time yes, he's played more better ice time because because he's played better. But here's the thing. Pittsburgh, he played 11 minutes. He had no points. The Islanders, in April 9th, he had one goal and one assist. He played 12 minutes and 58 seconds. The next day, he played against the Islanders. He had one plus minus and 12 minutes and 48 seconds. Same amount of time. 12 minutes on the ice as a rookie, that's a lot of minutes. Because an average NHL player, a great top end. If you're Patrick King, you're playing 28, 30 minutes. If you're not... A good overall player is playing between 18 and 22 minutes. So but he's not going to play forward. that much minutes when he's a rookie player and he hasn't proven anything. That, the
0: point of this whole rebuild was we have to let these kids get ice time. We have to let them grow. We have to put them in situations for them to succeed. Go look at Brett Howden's ice time. It's the same amount of ice time as it is as Lafreniere's. That should not be happening. A rookie. Su- chances to succeed.
1: No. How long has he been in the league? Three years too long. Three years too long. <laughs> but guess what? He fit, in Quinn's eyes, he fits his offense. He fits his team. That's he his. Fix that.
0: That's the problem. Well, That's why the team's been the way. He's all right. Been.
1: So if Lafreniere played sixteen minutes, you think he's going to score more goals? I don't know well, about that. He's put
0: on a better line in a better situation. I think he would be a much better player and a much more elusive. You got to earn your
1: position game. on where you move. You don't put him in a position that he can't and he doesn't earn. We well, when see you,
0: I'm sorry, but when you have three straight games of good play and it's you don't get, game. You know, on the ice, it's then one round
1: of games. You played 36 games this year. You're averaging more than most rookies are playing this year. Do you want to go to the top rookies in a league? Let's go to the top rookies. Give me it's another one.
2: Minnesota's Kaprasov is the best rookie. Game.
1: I'm going to go to Kaprasov, and let's see how many minutes a game. Okay, he's averaging 1641. More. It's not a lot more. He's yeah. earned it. He's you averaged earned... out the four oh or five God. minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's a plus-minus. You're, you're making excuses again for the Rangers. This is what bothers me about you. He's as a plus-minus. I'm five, not making excuses. i I've
0: watched every game this he year. He has 16 goals. He
1: has 16 goals and 19 assists. He's playing three more minutes than him. He's and also, not. What
0: line is he on, oh too? God. Though you forget. what Second, line is he on? I think okay. second line. On the second line. Lafreniere is on the
1: fourth line. He's playing on the fourth line because he hasn't deserved to go to the second line. This guy is the best rookie. Well, oh, there's in the no league. room for
0: him to grow because Quinn has favorites. That's oh. the problem. Uh,
1: oh, so that's the excuse. Let's throw Quinn under the bus. That's the Ranger. Oh, dude, fan
0: Quinn is a terrible in game head coach. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me, dude? The guy changes Quinn. more lines than I blink in five seconds. Are you kidding me? That is a Ranger
1: fan. He's Obviously, playing three more minutes than Lafreniere. That's an excuse for any fan to come out and say, you know what, it's not playing enough.
0: It doesn't mean I'm not knowledgeable to not know I, what the I didn't, game is I didn't say that I
1: you said. were. To say this, that if he played the same amount of minutes, he'd have the same amount of points or close to the same amount. It's crazy. Oh, that's
0: not even true at all, but they're not putting him in a situation to succeed. Yeah, well, well,
1: you put him with Panarin, he doesn't deserve to play with Panarin because Panarin doesn't deserve to play with himself because <laughs> he hasn't played very well. So there we go. Actually, Panarin's so,
0: played very well last year.
1: So. Very well a few games, but the whole season, that would be a no. I mean, and I, I don't want to Yeah, either. two weeks. There we go again five Finding a way to make an excuse for what And there we plays. go again.
0: You crapping on a team that I like. I'm not so crapping on know.
1: anything. I'm just trying to I'm trying to tell you. I tried to throw you a curveball, and then you try to find something to make an excuse to get yourself out of. There's no excuse to this. There's no Lafineer,
0: way. I didn't get out at all. No well, was the I've lost every game this year. Lafaineer
1: is the number one draft pick. They should have traded out of that pick. They should have given Lafayette up and figured out where their weaknesses were and tried to get players to fill in those weaknesses to make you a playoff contending team.
0: Would have, but nobody ever thought that that would even be an option.
1: Now, you know why? Because J.D.'s head so far up his ass. And he thinks... Oh, um, yeah, John Davidson.
0: Yeah. You know, the guy that built the Columbus Blue Jackets. What
1: did the Columbus Blue Jackets win?
0: They swept the Tampa Bay Lightning. Have they won the
1: anything? Blue that was my yeah, question. So a the level
0: team that's become a big hockey town. Did they
1: win? Did he win when he ran St. Louis? No.
0: Okay. But again, he was the Never builder. Won.
1: There were certain pieces that were made at the trade deadline that made them a better team. St. Louis, the reason why they won the Stanley Cup is they decided to go with Craig Berube, something that oh, great John Davidson didn't do. I get mad when I listen to the Beef and I talk to the Beef because the Beef, he hates the Islanders so much and he hates certain teams so much that he wants to throw somebody under the bus. But then he's lost to understand what he's talking about when he talks about it. I think there's certain things that bother me about the New York Islanders, and I'm not going to say that. Isn't it they're on- a
0: well-run organization?
1: I didn't say they weren't a well-run organization. I'm saying that there are certain things that I disagree with what they do and how they do it and that's a big problem on why they are in the position that they are when it comes to salary cap and problems that they're in and they put themselves well, that in. That was the old regime. That's no, it wasn't. A- Lou Lamorello brought off in. He brought Valamoff in. He brought in that- those guys. Was- to me, that's just another excuse. As an Islander guy and as an Islander fan, I'm not going to make excuses for Lou Lamorello. There's goods and there's bads. I'm telling you right now, John Davidson had no thought of trading out of that pick and that's why JD and Lafineer, we're going to go back 10 years from now and the Rangers I don't care if they were drafting at number one or not I'm going to say they made a mistake drafting Alexis Lafreniere because he did not fit what the Rangers needed at the time. When we come back Speedy, what do we got? The Big Wars! Here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back ladies and gentlemen this is is a weekend crunch. I'm your host, Harold Marks, my co-host, Joshua Little J Silverberg, and the great and utter mistake, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports E Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Download the Worldwide Sports Radio app by going to www.srn on the ios which is apple or android worldwide sports radio network well i will say this has been a great show and and a lot of curveballs thrown and obviously no strikes aka the new york yankees but anyways (laughs) let's go into a very fabulous part of our show speedy
2: debate wars here we go all right fittingly we'll start in the nfl this week one player Notable player announced his retirement this week. We'll debate this one first. More dominant Patriots wide receiver, Wes Welker, or the recently retired
0: Julian Allman? <laughs> Which one should I say for Jeff?
2: That's the question. <laughs> 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 just, uh, just make sure you just watch that burger show. So. <laughs> oh, I I
0: wanted to vomit after I watched it for two minutes. You know, it's interesting because you look at both of the numbers, and it's it's weird because Wes Walker, when you look at it, had the better numbers in the regular season. But, of course, the prime is the playoffs. That's the most experience, right? And that's the most important factor is what do you do in a big game? And I think Julian Edelman stood out a little bit more In the bigger games, when it came to the big catches that he had, both guys really flowed in the system very well. But for me, I go by the bigger games, the guy that won the championship. So I would go with Julian Edelman.
1: I think it's Wes Welker. uh, Five-time Pro Bowl player.
2: I I don't know if he was an All-Pro player, but this guy
0: was the best. I think
1: he
2: was as a special teamer, not as a wide receiver. This
1: this guy was the best all-around yearly catch machine in the NFL for almost six years Being with the Patriots and a little bit with the Broncos He played with both Peyton Manning And uh, Tom Brady Who can argue that he didn't play with two of the greatest Or if, if not the two greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game I just think Wes Welker, what he did coming from Miami Being who he was, coming from Miami And going to the New England Patriots And really figuring himself out and discovering himself And really helping out Tom Brady Discover who he is as a player I, I think it's Wes Welker all right, better pitcher, John Lackey
2: or AJ Burnett?
0: I'm gonna go with John Lackey. I'm gonna the reason being is because I think Lackey was a little more consistent with Burnett. You never knew what you got. I mean, look, he had the year, the big year with the Yankees, of course, and of course, a lot of people remember him with the Marlins too. He actually succeeded as well in Pittsburgh. Um, but for me, John Lackey, I think was a little bit more of a consistent pitcher with the Angels, especially. He pitched for the Red Sox a little bit. I believe he was on he was on that World Series, scene that one with the with the Red Sox, was he not, Speedy?
2: Uh, he was one of them, I think 2013, yeah, I, yeah.
0: What was it, the 7 team or was it I think 13? it was 2013. I think, 2013. I think 7 he was still on the Angels. Sam was the most overrated team that ever won a World Series. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't even mean, good on that team. So. Was, yeah, he was average. <laughs> but to me, I think John Lackey was a little more consistent. A.J. Burnett was a head case at times. I'll go with John Lackey.
1: Oh, the more dominant pitcher was A.J. Burnett. He had the better stuff. I think Lackey being that he was an Anaheim Angel and then he went to the Red Sox, he really kind of squeaked himself in to winning a championship, but he was not good on that championship team. A.J. Burnett was a big part of the Yankees winning that championship in 2009. I think the money that he got was a little bit overboard, but that's what you have to do to get your team where you want it to go, especially winning all those championships in the 90s. I think the better guy, the better player, the better all-around stuff is A.J. Burnett. So Johnny Boy is now Johnny
0: Appleseed. So it's A.J. All
2: right, better goaltender, Cam Ward or
0: Kari Lettman? To me, Cam Ward was the guy that said a little bit more, especially when they won that Stanley Cup. I, right, he was the goalie for the Stanley Cup team for the Hurricanes, I want to say, correct? Yep, yeah. Kyle Letton, but he was a good goalie. Cam Ward was it, but Cam Ward had some really sensational years with the Hurricanes, so I'll go with Cam Ward.
1: Cam Ward was the better goaltender when it comes to the big game and maybe a little bit of time, but Letton is better. He's a better goaltender,
0: I think. But doesn't it mean, give you an above-average number, kind of, when you look at it? Well, if you look at
1: a championship, first, you give it to I mean, Ward.
0: I Crawford, though, I mean, I guess it could be in the same scenario, was Corey Crawford better than certain goalies?
1: Ward because he's the champion, but I don't think he was the better all-around player. I think uh, I think the fact that uh, Letný was a better yearly goaltender. Ward got really, really bad, and he got really, really bad fast. after he won. So I asked
2: Ward because he was the champion, but he had the better playoff run. But that's about it. Better specialty shot: Steph Curry's three-pointer or Kevin Durant's mid-range?
0: Oh, I mean, come on. Steph Curry, he's turned the NBA into a worse sport because of this whole stupid shot that he made. Now everybody's trying to shoot it from mid-court now. I mean, that's like the whole new thing. It's impressive that he does it. But the thing of it is this. Kevin Durant, that mid-range shot, he does on a consistent basis and he's done it since he was at Texas. He's one of the best shooters. You could even make the case the best shooter in the NBA. So I think Kevin Durant's been way more consistent. Clearly you could see it as well when Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors – what happens, Steph Curry doesn't do as well, right? So to me, I go with Kevin Durant.
1: Well, he's saying shot, not the better player. I, I think Steph Curry changed the game. His three point shot changed the game. And the mid range shot has always been around. I mean, Michael Jordan was a
0: great mid range shooter. But it's always been consistent with Durant, though. Yeah, That's the but the, I think what you're saying with Steph and that shot, it was a Steph,
1: Steph has been consistent too. I mean, he's a career 48% three point shooter. I mean, how consistent do you have to be? I'm just every a Steph Curry man. I, I, I,
0: I don't,
1: don't like it. him either, but uh, <laughs> we <Wait>, know. <laughs> I don't like him either, but if you're going to ask me what changed the game and who has a better shot, it's Steph Curry. I mean, he's he is the shooter. He's he's the best three-point shooter to ever play the game. He changed the game by himself, even though not for the better,
0: but for his better it is, and that's why he's all Well, maybe favorite. we don't know. Maybe Durant can do that too. We just don't know it.
1: Durant's done. He's going to win another championship or two if, if wherever he goes, but he's done. His career is, you know, he's 32, 33 years old. Steph Curry too. I mean, they've made their points on who they are as players. So... I'm going to go with a uh, annoying. good old Steffi Weffy and his killer bears. I, Errol throws another curveball. I didn't think he would be the one to
2: argue for Steph Curry, but here we are. By the way, the word that everybody's got to find is odor. All right. Better active outside rusher. This is their whole career, not just currently right now. Justin Houston or Ryan Kerrigan?
0: I would have said Kerrigan. The problem with Kerrigan is he had so many injuries. A ton of concussions and everything like that. Justin Houston he made an impact in Kansas City. Obviously, they didn't win the Super Bowl with him, but he still was one of the better pass rushers. And then even when he's gone to Indianapolis, he still has made somewhat of an impact. That defense is really good. With Kerrigan, you see it. His stats have gone down every single year, and it's due to injuries. And his injury started really early on when he came out of Purdue. I mean, he was really good when he came into the league, but to me, Justin Houston has been the way more consistent player. So I'll go with Justin Houston as
1: I'm going to go with Justin Houston, too. And like I said, the word is odor. So I don't want to hear from anybody saying, I didn't hear the beard. Uh, Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Houston, being the consistent player that he was with Kansas City all those years. And then really uh, going over to Indianapolis and really helping out with some of the young players. I think he's going to go back to Indianapolis, but I think he's been the better all-around player. He's a Hall of Famer. He's still a pretty decent player. Justin Houston's a Hall of Famer. To me, he's been one of the best pass rushers in the league for the last 10 years. So I'm going to go with him just because of his consistency. I think Kerrigan's a good player. i have watching the football team. He was good. He, he's been good. But I, I think he has deficiencies. And he fell off. When he fell off, he
0: it's fell off. It's just a bad. lot of injuries he had yeah, with the concussions. Okay. And he had some weird injuries that he had, too.
2: All right. One more. Better first baseman, Fred McGriff or Carlos Delgado? I know where
0: you're going. You don't know where I'm going. I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm going to say Fred McGriff. Only because, see, Delgado was pure power. Now, don't get me wrong. In my opinion, Carlos Delgado had one of the sweetest swings in in, in baseball. He really did with the flick of the wrist that he did. And the ball would go 400 feet. It was incredible. But Fred McGriff was the all-around better first baseman. He was a really good defensive first baseman. He was a guy that would always hit average-wise. But he also hit a lot of home runs. 495 He was great. He was really good with Atlanta. Obviously, when he went to Tampa with the expansion, everything just held off at that point. 284
2: career average, by the way.
0: See, that's pretty good. And I bet you it's higher than Delgado's. So I'm going to go Fred McGriff. So you don't know. I'm going with
1: this one. It's Fred McGriff. Uh, I think Fred McGriff is a Hall of Famer. Carlos Delgado wouldn't sniff a Hall of Fame even selection. I think he was the better defensive player. I think he was the better offensive player. Fred McGriff, I think, had 500 home runs or close to it. 493, yeah. 493. I, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I think he's been ripped out of the position. I think the MLB writers didn't really give him the respect
2: that he deserved.
1: They didn't uh, give a seen, lot of guys respect. Well, yeah, I, I know just... the
2: MLB writers ever give anyone the respect they deserve. <laughs> no, they don't. It's a shame. Well, with Jeff Kent, and there's a couple of players, but...
0: A couple? That's an yeah. understatement. Yeah, one of well, them... Well, you don't Give
1: any respect? It's called Albert Bell, who
0: belongs there. Oh, here we go. Again. Albert
1: Bell should be there. I think he got robbed. I mean, how many players you know with so, so, three or so four seasons Andrew
0: for Jones 150 RBIs? Didn't I didn't mean, start. come
2: on. Man. Is, that, is Albert Bell going to be the new Kevin Bacon game of the uh, baseball debates? <laughs> Every debate comes hey, back you know, to who Bell have, you know who
0: should get one? Andrew Jones is a guy that got screwed. He's fat, okay. and he did steroids. So. A lot of guys do steroids. He's fat and he did steroids. What does that change anything? All right, I Andrew guess we have to do Andrew Jones player. and Albert
2: Bell next week.
1: No, I hated <laughs> Andrew Jones. He was a great player, though. Anyways... I could say that's the end of debate wars. I'm a little lost in some of the things that were said, but I, I will say uh, Fred McGriff never got the respect that he once deserved as a first baseman, as at Atlanta. He actually played for the Yankees for a little bit. I think he was drafted by the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I know Delgado had a lot of home runs, though. He's, his was in the four-something, I believe, too. He
2: did not play for the Yankees. Oh. I'm trying
0: to see where he actually got drafted.
2: It would be <sighs> Toronto. No, yeah, no, you're right. He signed with the Yankees oh. in 81 amateur draft.
1: Look at that. I was right. I am a wonderful man over there. Yeah, but he never played for him.
2: Never played for the Yankees. But
1: he was drafted by the Yankees. So there you go. I was right. I, I, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Here you go. Thank you, Errol. Good job. Anyways, when we come back, Speedy, what do we got? Crunch time. Here on the Weekend Crunch. <laughs> We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Joshua Silverberg. On the board, as always, Mr. Tidy-Widey Man himself, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time, only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Download the Worldwide Sports Radio app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Please, guys, if you haven't checked out our website, go and check out the website. It's it's a beautiful website. All you have to do to check out the website is go to worldwidesportsradio.com. We have a trivia game called the New York Minute Trivia Game where you can win prizes. You have a minute to answer seven questions. It is specially made for the fans on our network. Check it out. I mean, how many times do I have to mention it? I, I mean. If it's that hard for you guys, I can spell it out for you if you want. I don't think you need me to spell it. I'm not the best speller anyway, so... If you want me to uh, throw you a tongue twister, or maybe if you want Speedy to throw you a
2: tongue, you can uh, reach out to him. I am not taking out somebody's tongue and throwing it. Well, you
1: could throw your tongue, or you could do other things with it, maybe.
2: Yeah, if I, if I got rid of my own tongue, then I would, one, bleed for a while, and two, I wouldn't be able to taste anything. So why well, would that be worth it? Well,
1: again, you might have special powers. I don't know. I, I mean, you're If I the... had
2: special powers, I would be much more evolved than I am.
1: Well, you're evolved as well. I, I think you're just a very unique individual, and I wouldn't say on the good note on that. But, uh, anyways. That was my point. <laughs> well, your points are definitely valid. Anyways, what do we got? Crunch time.
0: It's time for crunch time. All
2: right. We'll start this week in baseball. We've had two no hitters in the span of the last couple of days or so. So buy or sell, we will see another one, another no hitter within the next month.
0: I'm going to sell that. Perfect games are very, very rare. No-hitters are a big accomplishment, too. But I just think, look, they come once in a very blue moon. I mean, they actually had been... I, I don't know how long the last one was before th- this year. There was one year. last
2: year. Alec Mills had one.
0: There's my point. I mean, they just... And they come from the biggest no-name guys on the planet, too, when they happen. That's usually the case, anyway, though. It is. And it's... So, for me, I'm definitely going to sell that one.
1: I'm selling it. There's no way... I, I think it was very unique that two guys did it in about a week and a half or really in one week incredible i don't think it will but i would like to throw the curveball and say that it will but it's i
2: don't think it's gonna happen so i would say no and that would be a sell buy or sell back-to-back shout for igor shesterkin he will get another one this season
0: <laughs> i'll buy it only because of who they're playing i mean <laughs> and you're playing the new jersey devils you have a shot i mean the devils are such a mess right now That team, I don't know where they're going. I mean, look, they have nice players, but they hired the wrong coach. So I think when you have that, and they're playing the Buffalo Sabres, I believe, two more times. So I I guess when you have that opportunity, it helps. When you're hot, you're hot. And that's just it. So I'll buy it.
1: I'm going to sell it. I I don't think he's going to have another shutout. I think he's played very, very, very well. I've been very impressed with Storkin uh, since he's come back. He's been impressive. I think he's a good young goaltender for the Rangers. I don't think the goaltending is their problem. It's their defense. So... I'm going to sell it that he's not going to get another shutout this year, but he's been very, very good the last couple of games.
2: So, very impressive. All right, buy or sell. This very popular rumor of Julian Edelman to Tampa
0: will happen. Sell the knee injury. There is absolutely no way. When you have a knee injury like that and you're getting the surgery and everything like that, there's just no way. He's not going to be fully capable of being the player he once was, and that's going to hinder him. I think he's very happy at ease with his career, as he should be dare say, borderline Hall of Famer. So at that point, I mean, what's left to, to do? And what's have to prove? Then again, Rob Gronkowski came back, but he didn't have the injury that Julian Edelman had, so I'm going to sell that.
1: If there's any injuries from Tampa, and it could be, I'm not going to trust that Godwin's going to stay healthy. If this knee replacement doesn't come to fruition and he decides to sit and wait until the season's over to see if anything could happen, I think Edelman could come back. Matter of fact, I'm going to bet more yes to no I
2: believe that Edelman will step on a football field again, and if he does, it's going to be with Tampa. So I'm going to buy it. Buy or sell? Jamal Murray's season-ending injury will prevent Nikola Jokic from winning MVP.
0: So I think it's going to help him even more win the MVP because that's going to make him more important to the team. They say most valuable player. So therefore, Jokic is the most valuable player and the most important player to the Denver Nuggets. Now, Jamal Murray is no slouch. Let's be real here. At the same time, though, this is going to make his presence felt even more. His numbers are going to go higher because he's going to have the ball in his hands even more now. So I'm going to buy that.
1: I'm going to buy it. I think the fact that what Joker is and and what the Joker has proven this year is he's been the best player in the NBA. Murray is a big loss. I still think that they can win around, maybe even go further than that. This is a team that has as many good players on the bench as they do in their lineup. I think they're good all around. I think they're the best all around team in, in basketball and, Just remember they have a guy named uh, Michael Porter on their team. Love Michael Porter. So I'm
2: going to buy that. All right, buy or sell. Either the Blues or the Bruins will miss the playoffs completely. The Bruins have a six-point lead right now on Philly with 13 games left. The Blues only have a one-point lead on the Coyotes right now.
0: I'm going to sell it. I think the Bruins getting Taylor Hall is actually going to help them in the standings. I wouldn't be shocked if they even got past Pittsburgh. St. Louis is the interesting. I can't see the Coyotes keeping up what they're doing. I think St. Louis, they're way too talented to be where they are right now. I think that actually the hinder for them is Jordan Bennington. He won a Stanley Cup. And he's been a disaster ever he's since garbage. then. He's so overrated, it's ridiculous. And they gave him an egregious contract Not extension. a nice
1: guy either. When, when I met thing. him at the Stanley Cup Finals, I thought he thought he was bigger than what he is.
0: I think he was nasty. I mean, the thing of it talk is... Talk to women,
1: he wouldn't talk to guys.
0: But the, and the weird thing too is, when you even answer that is, they gave him a contract extension for absolutely no reason. Because he wasn't even playing well. And yet they gave him one anyway. It made no sense... At all, the Blues are way too talented to be where they are right now. So I'm going to sell that. I think both teams will make the playoffs. I'd be surprised.
1: I don't. I don't think they're both going to make the playoffs. As a Matter of fact, I I see both of them not make the playoffs, then make the playoffs. I think St. Louis has the best chance.
0: Oh, I think Boston definitely is getting in. With it.
1: I don't. I even though good. they're when playing. You
0: look at the numbers. Tell Hall since he joined the team, I think already has two or three goals that, already. That's fine. He's that's in that, two that, goals I, yeah. so much depth. Okay, they
1: have two goals, and I understand that, and he's hot right now. And what happens when he gets into that hole again? I'm so gonna how many games hole the going to say, hole is going to be three a three hole games? again? I mean, seriously, I, I, I don't so know How many there.
0: games are left in the season, though, 13? And you look at the Versus depth 13, that the Boston yeah. Bruins have, and they have playoff experience getting into it and finishing the job. Albeit not being in the Sailing Cup, dude, they're way too talented tonight. They're the best line in hockey with Bergeron and Marshall.
1: I'm gonna
2: sell. I think one is not making it, or both are not making it.
0: It's fire a slider, it. not a curveball.
2: Fire sell Jadavian Clowney with the Cleveland Browns this season will have seven or more
0: sacks. I'm gonna sell it only because he's never been able to stay healthy. Until he proves to me that he could stay healthy for a full season, then that's the only way I could buy it. You know he's gonna miss a few games. I mean, it's just inevitable. He does it every single season. Can he have a great season? I think he could even have a career year this year playing behind Miles Garrett. The problem is he's never been able to stay on the field. And I don't think he has the motor to want to be the best player in what he can be on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to sell that.
1: I am going to buy it. I think Jadavion Cloudy with the Browns, with Miles Garrett on the other side, I think this is a very good defense. I think the depth that they have... Uh, they're going to give him every chance to be successful in this defense. I think he fits the best on this team than he ever did on any of the teams that he played for. He played for the Titans last year. He didn't fit with the Titans. Their defense was crap. He came from the Texans. The Texans haven't been good since J.J. Watt had dirty underwear. So I Do think to. Mm, I think J. David Clowney has been a bust ever since he's come into the league. I think his best year was with Seattle and he's no longer with them. So. The problem
0: is he's never been able to stay healthy. Yeah. He can't. He's never had a full healthy season and until he has that, he's not gonna get the sack numbers everybody thinks he can get. He, he also- certainly can get seven and more. But when has he ever been able to prove that he can stay on the field? That's why he constantly gets these one-year contracts.
1: I'm going to buy it. I think he's going to have a good season. I think he has a lot to prove, and I think this Browns team is as good or even better than we
0: think.
2: By ourselves, either DeMarcus Cousins or Andre Drummond will sign with their L.A. team long-term.
0: I'll buy it. I think Drummond is going to be the one that stays long-term. I think he's going to fit in really well with the Lakers. I think they'll find a way to make it work with the cap. I think whether it's LeBron taking a pay cut, Something like that. They'll find a way. LeBron always will take a pay cut when it comes to keeping superstars. He's done it forever. That's always been his case. He did it with Miami. He did it in Cleveland with Love and Kyrie. As many superstars around him, he'll take as little of money as possible because of his endorsement deals and all that stuff. He doesn't care. He has all the money in the world. So that's why Drummond will stay. So I'm going to buy that. I'm going to
1: sell it. There's no way Drummond's staying. There's no way they're going to be able to afford him. Uh, Drummond is one of the top three centers in the league, and that's going to show when you're going out there and you're trying to work the market this guy's never gotten a big contract ever. He's gotten contracts, but not contracts where, worth about a hundred million, 80, that's why he million get dollars, eighty, seventy million. He's not that getting. He he, he's by. not getting that with. It. First of all, LeBron just signed a big time contract. He's not. He can't and he'll restructure time. it again. They keep drumming. I don't think you, in the NBA you can restructure your contract. No, I
0: thought you could. I think after a certain no. point, I think you definitely. They always just signed
1: do. his contract.
0: I always thought that I saw players uh, always restructuring
1: their contract. No, I don't it. think you can. Not in basketball. In football, you can. I don't think in basketball. Once your contract is in, your contract is in. The only way you can restructure, if all three of you are up for a contract, that's the only way you can restructure it. That's what LeBron did with Miami. You know, with all three of them became free agents, and that's what they did. Wade and LeBron took less and gave more to Bosch because of the endorsements that they have. There's no way I, I, they can do that. So, no, Andre Drummond is not staying with the Lakers. I see Andre Drummond going somewhere else. DeMarcus Cousins will sign back with the Clippers. I, I, he's not getting a lot of money. I can't stay healthy. So, yeah, he'll, he'll go back with the Clippers if he wants to stay there. Or he can go and play with the Knicks over there. Uh, Kentucky, with every Kentucky <laughs> oh, Everybody uh, with Kentucky. So, I, he might go over there. I, I I can see John Wall going there. I can see Booker going there. I think every single great Kentucky player is probably going to go there. So, that has a better chance of happening
2: uh, with him and the Clippers. That's it. All right, one more. Buy or sell? We've seen both of them get a goal already with the Islanders. Either Travis Zajac or Kyle Palmieri will get their first assist as an Islander within the next three games.
0: I'm going to buy it. I think they're they're both too talented. They're both just trying to fit in and get their feet wet with this team, right? That's what it comes down to. That's that's essentially what it is. They're trying to fit in and fit with the system and fit with the team. Again, I think Palmieri is too talented. Look, he's playing on the line with Barzell. He should be getting an assist, and I can't see him why. And Zay Jack's been a good fit for the depth wise for the for the army, so I'm going to
1: buy it. I'm going to buy it. Paul Murray's too talented. Zay is a good leader. I think the problem with the just right now is not those two. I'm just thinking where the lines are and where Barry Trout trusts these lines to be as the season progresses and as the playoffs are right around the corner. I, I think once they figure it out, I think Paul Murray fits perfectly. With Barzell, I think there's just no chemistry yet. I think when they figure that out, watch out. I think that's a very fast line and a dangerous line. So I'm very intrigued on what this line could be moving forward uh, for the New York Islanders. That's it for our show. Wow. Like I said, I've been very excited on the movement of what our network is. And I want to give a shout out to iRadio USA. I want to give a shout out to all the guys and all the fans that listen to the world. Wide Sports Radio Network. We are who we are. And it's been a fantastic year for our network. Uh, Even with the COVID-19, I I just think it's been just very, very fun ride. And there's a lot of people to thank. And there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, you wish... They would be more involved with uh, all the great things that we have done to get where we are today. And I'd like to thank 103.9. I'd like to thank Pat and John and Bruce. And obviously Mike, the producer, all the people over here at 103.9, uh, they've been very gracious. They've been great. And I really appreciate everything that they've done for for the network. And we're happy to be here and happy to be uh, the consistent sports voices of their network. So, Thank you. Joshua, uh, do you have anything to say before I let you swim away?
0: Like no, a, I mean, just I uh, want to thank 1039, of course, for letting us out again, as always, and to the fans as well for listening and lending us your ears. Lend me the- your ears. The baseball game's in the next few weeks. <laughs> there
1: he is. He's a real interesting man. When it comes to the Mets, uh, just go to Josh. If you want to feel good about your team, especially the Mets, go to Josh. If you want the Ranger fans to really believe that they're going to make the playoffs, go to Josh. If No, I.
0: I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, <laughs> actually. so I love it. I love it. Anyways, uh, that's
1: it for our show. We'll be back next week. Listen to the Sports mounts on Wednesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. on iRadio USA or the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm working on getting our shows planted on our website. So all you got to do is open up a website now and you can watch our shows. So that's another way of, you know, really tuning into our shows. And I think it would be great for people to do that. So that's something that I've been waiting for and and really looking forward to doing. And I think uh, we're moving to that opportunity. Very excited. So thank you to all the fans that really stand up and realize what we're trying to do for sports media here in New York, Long Island, and around the country because we have shows all over the world. So thank you. And we'll be back next week giving you the shows that just are that damn good. So we will be back next week. Until then, this is Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and, and Mr. Joshua Little J. Silverberg saying goodnight. night. And we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody.